talk about being positive, that this is temporary, and what they can do, because I'm all about uh, the practice, right? I'm all about, you know, let's, let's get in there and take care of the patients, but let's, uh, let's make the practice viable. And I think that right now, that's what everybody should be focusing on, is like, okay, we can't wait to get back, and what projects are we gonna tackle so that we can make this a really good year, that this can end up being a good year. It's not too late. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, so first things first, let's start off with what can we start doing in the systems and everything like that. So right now for people who are like watching and we're like kind of panicking, I mean, talk to us a little bit about that, Ashley. Like, how are you feeling right now? Um, I feel like I, I think I'm still in shock, honestly. I, we were growing really fast and all of a sudden it disappeared. And it's, it's a really weird, really weird feeling. I had just hired three new team members. They haven't even approached their 90 day probationary period yet. And, and then all of a sudden this, so, um, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying, honestly, I'm still trying to process everything. I think, I think as everybody else is. And now that it is becoming very apparent that, okay, we're, we're going to be closed for, for longer than two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. Now we have to stop sulking and for some of us stop crying and um, start creating action plans. So that's why I had contacted Sandy. Um, selfishly, I, I have always wanted to become a very systematized practice, but we grew pretty rapidly. And, and when you're working in people's mouths all day, the last thing you want to do is think about your, you know, write down systems and write down protocols. And now it, I mean, it's the perfect time to, to start over. So I, I had messaged Sandy and I was like, Sandy, I feel overwhelmed. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, not the only one. So um, where do you even begin, Sandy? Like, do we pretend that? I don't, I don't even know. Like, where, where do you start? Well, I think mindset is, is, and mental health is really important right now. And I think whenever, if, if you, have you ever noticed in life how something can happen to uh, different people, like the same thing can happen, but some people just overcome it. And some people like just keep going on and on and on. It could be a little thing like a, like an accident on the way to work, a little fender bender where no one was hurt. Like one person's just like, oh man, life is over. And the other person's like, hmm, I think I'll call my insurance company. And they move on. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. So now's the time to not hang on to things. And, you know, you hear people all the time. It's like, oh, you need to get exercise. You need to take a walk. Listen, it's really true. I think Every listener should just be going outside, taking a walk, looking up at the sky, you know, just like plant some flowers. I mean, really, you will come in with a whole nother mindset. You will come in with, you know what, life is going to go on. You may have had a great momentum up to this point this year, and now it's broken. And it's not just broken for you, it's broken for everyone. Everyone. So that in itself should be like, okay, so now I can't do anything about it. You know, my mother-in-law, she's 94. She's about to be 95. She always said, um, she, she had this saying, like, it's not going to matter in 50 years. You know, and Dana and I are like, what? I mean, we're used to like being real proactive and pouncing on things. And she's like, it's just not going to matter in 50 years. This isn't going to matter in 50 years, right? It's not going to matter in 10 years. So with that in mind, especially in this group, I'm going to say, okay, guys, take a walk, get some fresh air, spend some time with your family, but work on your business. This, you, this is a gift. This time right now is a gift to everyone here, including me. Right now, 
I'm here because our governor has says like after five o'clock today, everybody needs to be at home. So I came to the office to get some extra supplies to bring home. My assistant is gonna be working. She's gonna be the only one coming in. She's going to be coming every day to the office. Now, what do I have her doing? <laughs> what do you think? I have her making a revising our supply list supplies. I have her working on our, on our checklist. I have her improving her job description, her SOP manual. She's in there right now typing up policies. This is a gift, everybody. This is a gift and you need to, to do something with it. So I'm going to say, first off, right now, every practice that is current and seeing patients, statements must go out. Okay, I was talking to somebody earlier. Oh, I didn't even think of that. What? Send mail statements. That's the first thing that needs to go out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that a lot of practices don't even do every month that they should be doing. But get those statements out. Don't, you've got to make sure your team members have the right mindset. Now, where are they going to get that? Okay, they're going to get it from you, from the leader. So if you're, you can't show your worry to your team. As a leader, you've got to be, hey, troops, this is a gift. We're going to work on this. I tell you what, I made a list of the things we're going to do if you have people working. Some, you know, I've noticed, in fact, um, in my Facebook group, Dental Gumbo, I asked this morning, and a lot of people still have one or two people working. So I don't know how long that will continue. In some states, it won't continue at all. Some people are working from home, so it's going to depend on the practice. So if you have someone working, send statements. Another thing is, Insurance aging. This is the time you go through and you start going through those, those insurance claims that were mm -hmm. returned, that need x-rays, that need a narrative report. Narrative report? You don't have any? Okay, type them up for every scenario. This is your time to do it. Guess what? It goes into the insurance SOP. Then also, what about past due accounts? Don't assume that everybody is broke because there are people that do have money, that saved money, that, you know, they've got money and they're comfortable right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they, not every person in the practice is broke. That mindset too, to your team, you know, as always, some people will be able to pay their balances. So send the statements, call the past due accounts, work your insurance aging, how many of you are here all the time? Oh, I've always wanted to have a staff album in my reception room. Hey, now's the time to do it. I never have time for my Facebook page. Now's the time to do it. What about the, the one thing we see as consultants all the time when we pull unscheduled treatment reports? They are like 700000 a million dollars in unscheduled treatment. And we start going through it with the team members and they say, oh, well, no, we gave him three different options and he picked one. We just never deleted the other two. What a great time to go through the software and updating that, updating insurance plans. How about sending notes to patients? You know, sending notes out and being in touch with them, people that were ill, people that have dropped off. It could be part of a reactivation. I want to share with the group, everybody on here, I'm going to share some handouts that, that I gave a lecture last week in New Orleans. And I want to share those handouts for everybody that's listening. Part of that is going to be um, a way to find out how many patients everybody's retention, retaining before this happened. And... Um, because this is temporary, guys. Keep holding on to that. And then I'm going to share my reactivation project with you guys that you'll be able to download. So um, I'll share those instructions before we end off. And um, where people can just go on the website, there's a link there. You can download these handouts. But this is the time to work on the practice. So I can talk a little bit about, I don't know, Ashley and Michael, you know, what you want to talk about. If you have some questions at this point, or if you want me to talk about how, you know, some practices don't know how to start getting organized, whatever you want me to talk about, I'll share. Um, I, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm really bad at my own systems that I, uh, I'm really bad at like reviewing charts and doing audits. What would you recommend, because uh, the majority of this group is our docs, what are the end of day checklists that we as the doc 
doctor and the business owner of our practice need to get done. Like I, I really, I need a lot of help with this and I need to make sure that I hold myself accountable and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, I hope I'm not the only one who thinks this way. So from all of your clients, from all of the offices who you have consulted for, what are the things that we need to be doing every day to make sure that our business is, is thriving? That's a huge question, but I'm going to, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm taking notes, Sandy. So if you see me on my phone, it's because I'm putting it into the comments. So people who watch this can, can look at the abbreviated version too. Perfect. Okay. Here's the, here's the problem in most practices. Most practices, the doctor is having to micromanage and think about everything. You agree with that? Yeah. Is that what you see? Like, in other words, you're curious, did they do this? Did they, I wonder if they did that? I wonder if, you know, is, that is something that, that shouldn't be happening. You want to reverse the flow. So what do I mean by that? So here's the doctor, which is the leader. And maybe you have four or five, six, 10, 12 team members. It varies, right? And so why is dentistry so, so stressful? It's because you, you're doing the dentistry and you don't know what's going on back here, right? So you've got people there that are, that are running every dollar you make through their fingers, okay? That's kind of scary. Or how about this? You've got people out there while you're doing the dentistry and you don't know what they're doing, but yet they're responsible for your income. So there may be team members listening to this. I'm not sure, you know, but, but if, if they are, well, you know what, as a team member, you need to realize that uh, you need broad shoulders because the viability of the practice really does rest on your shoulders. And to the doctors and the managers, um, the people that work at the front, they pretty much will determine your income. And I have seen that very, I've seen the wrong person there and the practice sink and change that person and the practice, boom. And I'm, I mean that. that, that position, those people up front and what they do and their actions will determine what kind of car you drive and what kind of house you live in. And I mean that. So the, those people need to be trained and you need systems and accountability in those areas. Once you do that, you don't have to micromanage as much because all the things they're doing, they're bringing you the results. Does that make sense? Mm. Does that sound good? Yes. I mean, would you like that? But that's really, it's that easy. So if you, ha if you have people at the front, whether, how many do you have, Ashley? Let's use your practice for example. I have three. Okay, you have three. So they should have very different jobs those three people. So an office with three people up front, are they part-time or full-time? Full-time. Good. I love full-time. <laughs> I don't like when people think a huge problem is when people like take someone and they work a little bit in the back. And then when they have time that well, they can come help the front. And so you have inconsistent actions when you have that. So with three person front desk, you should have one person as the scheduler and one person, and you might, call them something else, but typically they're responsible for the schedule and the recall and reactivation of the practice. Then you've got somebody that's maybe not on the front lines. I mean, logistically, they could be at the front, but they're doing insurance and accounts receivable. Okay. Then you've got somebody that's the hostess of the practice. We might call her the receptionist or the concierge or she's answering the majority of the calls, not handling them. She's sending them so that, because if, this is where a lot of people mess up is they have everybody helping one another and it's not very efficient. And then it's hard to put in any accountability. Who's carrying the weight? Who's the best at certain things? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Most people, the most unorganized practice is we go in and it's like blowing a whistle and say, stop. Okay. Who, you know, I'll speak to 1500 people sometimes and ask them, okay, who in here, all these people who is responsible for the schedule and a few hands go up because no one has appointed anybody to be in charge of it. So in your practice, you need to have one person ultimately responsible for being the scheduler. She makes sure that every provider is scheduled, no open time, 
everybody's confirmed and the patients show up. That's all she does all day long in your exercise practice. And then you've got that receptionist person who, who is responsible for the mail. So when the mail comes, usually what's the first person that wants the mail in a dental office? It's the person, it's the financial person. Have you ever noticed that? They'll be like, Oh, the mail's here. And they want the mail, but that person shouldn't be getting the mail until someone else opens it and stamps for deposit only on every single check. Mm -hmm. So security measure. Okay. And so now that person in that receptionist position, they're in charge of new patients, welcome letters, thank you letters, no cavity letters. They keep the reception room clean. They keep the refreshments out there, the, the music on the phone and in the office. No one else is touching it. They're responsible for the comfort of the patients. They are the doctor's secretary. So the doctor's not pulling the person in charge of the schedule off to, to prepare a letter. That's the person. That person organizes the team meetings. That, that person right there. Then you have the scheduler like who, like I said, creates your day, knows the goals like this. Like, what's your name? My name is Sandy. What's the goal for today? 7,234. She knows it like this. She's breathing it. That's that person. Then you have this other person who's verifying insurance and sending statements and making financial arrangements. And you keep statistics on those jobs. So I, I mentioned the receptionist. Well, her statistics would be new patients, letters sent. Like she would keep statistics on each type of letter that's sent. The scheduler, how many calls are going out? How many appointments are being made? How many broken appointments did we have? Percentage of time filled. And the, and the AR person, well, claims filed, insurance aging, money collected in the office, the percentage collected. She has a goal, which is 98%. If they, if you get each one of these people pushing their numbers up, meaning their activities, more calls out, more appointments made, less broken appointments, higher percentage of time filled, more letters out, more new patients, money collected, 98%, 99%, guess what happens to the office? It goes up. All the numbers go up. So you take the heart of the practice, organize that, give them statistics, push those numbers up, get their num their statistics consistent, and guess what happens now? The practice survives. It not only thrives and survives, it booms. So in a nutshell, you measure your team's actions with statistics and get them to do more of each. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Sandy, how do you know when is the appropriate timing to start hiring more people in the front? Because when you're a startup, you, you're trying to watch your overhead costs as much as possible, but obviously sure. you can't, um, you, it, it's a lot once like, I'll, I think a lot of our doctors are, are struggling between, watching cash flow, especially times like these, but where do you draw the line between, okay, what are you, like, you're not being as efficient as you should be, but then your payroll percentage is, is still really high. Like, okay. Well, that's, that's the easy, that's easy. So a long time ago, I took a stopwatch and started timing how long it takes to process each patient. Okay. And so I, even today, uh, it, it's pretty much the same. Actually, it's less time now because of the utilization of software. But you can pretty much figure that it takes 10 minutes to process a patient. Now, that includes, now some's going to take 20 and some will take three minutes, right? So we average it out to about 10. But we know that one person can handle up to 19 patients a day. Okay, one person up front can handle up to 19 a day. Now, once you get over, that's typically one hygienist and one dentist. When you are another way of looking at it, as you could say, for every hygienist, we need one front office. So if you have a practice and you're seeing 14 patients a day and your front office person can't keep up, that's, that's not a good sign. So that's 14 people they greet, 14 people they check out, right? 
And of course, there's phone calls and things in between, but it's another way of looking at it. So you have to make sure that the area is organized, but one person should be able to handle up to 19 patients a day. 18, 19, then you add a second and you're good till about 32. After you get 32 patients, then you wanna add a third person. So just to recap, the three people that you wanna have up front are the scheduler. So that person is the only one in charge of the schedule, knowing the numbers, knowing the production goals, right. what percentage of open chair time. So that is one person. The, and then we're talking about your office right now, because right, because you have three people. Yes. Yeah. Because with, uh, with a new practice, they have one person. And of course, that one person is doing all four departments. Mm -hmm. Every practice has four departments up front. Okay. So those four departments are reception, scheduling, insurance, and AR. In your practice, I would suggest combining insurance and AR and having one scheduler and one receptionist. I just wanted to make sure... Yeah, if you added a fourth person, you would break off insurance from AR. So your receptionist is in charge of what again? Making, doing all of the phone calls? Yeah, so in other words, she's answering the phone. She's answering the phone and somebody has an insurance question. Hold on just a moment, I'll let you speak with Susan. Bam. Okay, so she's sending, because if everybody, if you let everybody answer the phone, now the receptionist answers the phone, and she's busy taking care of insurance. Now the insurance person of, of new patients, you see, so it's not very efficient. So of course there's times that people have to jump over and help that other person. Someone goes to the restroom or somebody's stuck on the phone. You know, ideally everybody knows how to communicate really well and they can, they can control those calls and get in and out. But, uh, for the most part, you don't want everything overlapping. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So a practice starting out is going to start with one person doing four departments. The next thing they're going to do is they're going to get a second person as they grow and they'll divide it into receptionist scheduling, insurance, financial. Then they'll get a third person. Now they they break off the scheduling and and receptionist so that the scheduler can now work on the schedule. That's all she's doing. She's not worrying about who's paying the, you know, or she is filling the schedule. And then when, when do you recommend having an office manager or does the office manager take part in? Well, there's different ways you can do this. You know, I'm not, okay. I think when you have like 10 or 12, like 12 team members, office management position, uh, they can they can start getting busy, but most dental practices don't need an office manager. They need team leaders. So you could say, I mean, I've seen offices run some of the, the most awesome practices I've ever worked with have team leaders. So they have one team leader over hygiene, one over assistance, and one at the front desk. And then the doctor pretty much all of us can effectively manage four to five people. Once you get over four to five people, it's hectic. So the doctor manages the team leaders. So the team leaders, you see, you also have to have as part of your culture in your office is that every person is the manager of their job. Not have like, like so many offices run like, okay, you're hired. Okay, you're going to be this and you're going to be this. And then the doctor's all up in everybody's jobs and the people aren't taking responsibility. So it needs to flow more like, okay, Susie, you're hired. Here's your job description. Here's your procedure manual. And here's your checklist. You see now learn this, turn this in, we're done. So that's the difference. That's where you want to get, you know, you want to get there. I have bunches of these things. Like here's one. This is on patient relations. So this is just all about patient relations. You know, I mean, I can just go and say, okay, I've got so many of these. Like here's um, here's This is for operatories, room one and two, and how to set up everything and how to do every part of it uh, for a dental office. Um, here's the receptionist. Here's the receptionist. 
you know? I mean, everything the receptionist needs to know to do a job. I mean, I can just go and on, on and on and on. I'm just like, hey, answer, answer the phones. That's, that's, that's all I got right now. <laughs> Say hi to people. So you, here's the thing. In life, in life, this is how life is. We, time is your most valuable asset. Would you agree with that? Time. You got, what do you have, three kids, Ashley? You're running a business. You have a husband. I mean, you got a lot going on. So time is your most valuable asset. So what you do and the way we run our business here and teach our clients is it just do it one time. So if, if you need to like hire somebody, well, make sure you write up how you did it. You wrote an ad, great, man, save that sucker somewhere. So you're not having to think about the same things over and over again. I don't want to depress you, but do you have any idea how many employees you're going to hire in your career? It's going to be a bunch. It's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people answering the phones. So is, are the verbal skills written up? How to answer these questions that people ask all the time? Which reminds me, I think one of a great thing you could do, like, I don't know, everybody's situation's different right now. If your people are working, have them right now, if they're working from home, make a list of their questions that the most frequently asked questions by patients. And then have everybody, don't talk to anybody else about it. You get the unique questions and then start coming up with, how you want those answered. Now that makes a beautiful binder. Okay. And now all the new people that come in, there's some training for them. This is how we handle this in our office. So Ashley, take some stock in binders and go buy some. I'm telling you, it's, it's the road to freedom. Of course, you'll have digital copies in the computer, but you know, I, I know I, I was uh, playing around in Dropbox the other day and I had some old files and I deleted one that had most all of our, our policies and write-ups in it. It was 2,142 pages. That's 2,142 pages. That's a lot of work, but that's, that's successful ver verbal skills and how to train people on this, this, and this. I mean, it start now. That is what you do. All the young doctors, if you start now, you'll be, you'll thank me later. Gotcha. Thank you, Sandy. So uh, back back to what I should be doing every day and um, every week. Then. Yes. Can you give me like a very tactical list of the things that I need to be doing at the end of every day and like once a month or once a week? Because okay. we never got this in dental school, at least where I went to dental school. I never got this. The stuff. first thing you want to do is get everybody's checklist. Okay. Do, do, your, do your people have checklists? Um, let's say yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, if you go to download what I'm, you know, I just figured it was just the easiest way to do it. It's already set up. If you go to my website and, um, you scroll all the way down, uh, there's a, a link for it. It's classicpractice.com. Um, you go down and, um, I was going to look for the exact instructions I have written up. Believe me, I have written up. I just don't have them in front of me for the people. Um, Amy, can you come here, pl please? Hi, Amy. <laughs> we also do have some questions, Sandy, but after this, we'll, we'll uh, ask those questions that people are asking. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, what I was going to say is if you go to classicpractice.com and go all the way down to the bottom of the page, there's a blue box and you'll see something about attendee handouts or um, click there. And if you go to our website, it'll bring you to our website. And the password you need is New Orleans in lower, all lowercase 20. So lowercase New Orleans and then two zero, and you'll be able to download handouts. Now on those handouts, you're going to see there will be a checklist in there. Thank you so, so much. New and there'll Orleans be a password. Uh-huh. You see there, you're there. No, I'm just, I think, to do it on, I think it works better on a, on the computer, on the desktop, but it's Thank there. You so you're the best. And so they, there will be, I'm going to look at it real quick and give everybody the exact instructions. If you go to the website, 
go down to the bottom of the page and it'll say under training events, it'll say attendee documents and that's where you'll click attendee documents. You'll enter your email and your name and it'll say sign up. You agree that you're not going to distribute these and then you'll be able to download. Um, you'll see a list of seminars. Okay. So what you want to click is inside secrets to grow your practice. And then you put the password. New Orleans 20 in lowercase. And now you can download those beautiful handouts. And um, there's a lot of them there. Okay. Doing it right now. In the meantime, Sandy, can you, I noticed you said something about no cavity letters. What is that? Uh, okay. You know, it, 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 I'm glad, I'm so glad you, you asked me this because so many people ask me, I'm like, okay, you want kids in your practice? If you want kids in your practice, you need to do things that kids like. And I'll tell you, um, my granddaughter was over this weekend and she said, our new dentist does nothing for kids. And I'm like, what? You know, what? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like have anything to give away or anything when we get our teeth cleaned and we don't have any cavities. And I'm like, hmm, he was my client <laughs> about 10 years ago. I need to, but he, he does a lot of implants. So I, I know why he probably has very few kids in his practice, but if you, but and he's older. So if you, if you want to grow your practice, you got to take care of the kids. Okay. Got to. So what about these kids coming in? They love to get a letter once they go home from their dentist. So we take a piece of cute stationery and it's just a little short thing. It's like you've taken such great care of your teeth, keep up the good work. And then it's got like um, some stickers in there and a no cavity certificate. And it's mailed to the kids that didn't have cavities. And they love that. They love it. So if you want to send a lot of things out to people, you know, it's, it's, um, we know, you know, that one thing I like to do in my seminars is have everybody take out their cell phone and tell me how many unopened emails they have. And, uh, I know one over the weekend, somebody did that. They, they had like 90,000 at weekend before last at a seminar. I was at 90,000 people don't open emails. So you might be saying, Oh, we send welcome letters and emails. Well, great. But most, only 45% of the people are probably opening them yeah. so or less. And so there's nothing like a, a small note. You get a, um, if they're a note card or small piece of stationery and have your receptionist type that up, just a small note. And uh, the doctor signs it with a nice pen and stick an appointment card in there. Like if they're scheduled, like in the future, and mail that out. And that also starts building that relationship. We, we've noticed less new patient broken appointments when you do that. So let's say that the patient calls and you're going to get him in that same day, like within the next day or two, you don't have time to mail that. Uh, you need to have an after the appointment welcome letter, like it was great meeting you, you know, that kind of thing. Sandy, the password isn't working. Oh, it just worked for me. Are Wait, you doing it on? New Orleans 20, right? Uh-huh. Lowercase. New Orleans 20, lowercase. Are you doing it on a, on a cell phone? No, I'm on a desktop. Does it work for any of those, like, spice up your pen? No, you, got, you, got, you have to go to Inside Secrets. Oh, Inside Secrets. That's very important. So, Inside Secrets to grow your practice. Ah, okay. Thank you. Okay. And just to, this is a question, Sandy, by, from Candace Smith. She said, how many active patients should a practice have before hiring a second front desk person? And I think you answered that, right? I don't go by active patients. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Candace asked that? Yeah. Is that what you said? Thank you, Candace. Let me explain the difference. You know, I have clients that, that produce anywhere from 250000 a year to seven million a year. 
okay, work with all size practices. Let me explain this practice doing six, seven million, you know, um, uh, that model. They might have 2,000 patients. How? Well, they're doing implants. Or you might have a PPO practice with 5,000 patients, right? And they're seeing, and, they, and maybe, they're, maybe they're producing 1.4 million a year. And they need five people up front because they've got tons of people coming in there all day long. Maybe they take Medicaid. So it's based on how many people need to be processed every day. That's how you determine how many people you need. Doesn't that make sense? Once you look at it like that, it's like, okay, how many people need to be processed, not how much you produce or how many patients are in their practice. So if you have zero to 18, 19 patients a day, one person can do all four positions. Once you hit that 18, 19, you need to start thinking about adding that second person to process those people up to 32 people. Does that make sense to everybody? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't go by dollar amount. Um, you know, I know people doing five and $6 million with two people up front, uh, maybe two and a half and a bookkeeper in the back because they're doing such big cases all day long. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. And then um, another quick question. I believe it was step number four at the beginning where you said unscheduled or clarify like the unscheduled tax reports. Is that what you said? Oh, unscheduled treatment. Treatment. Scheduled treatment. Okay. Yes. Unscheduled treatment reports. Like right now, a lot of times you, somebody will pull up a report. It'll be, I mean, we see them 700,000, a million dollars diagnosed mm -hmm. in the past 12 months. And you're thinking, okay, so maybe they're just really bad at treatment plan presentations. <laughs> oh, no, we start digging deeper and they go, they just had like several options for the patient in the software. And the patient did the procedure, but the other options were put in and never deleted. So you want to clean up those unscheduled treatment reports. Gotcha. Clean them up. So yeah. That's what like the steps at the very beginning, for those of you just tuning in right now, um, Sandy was kind of letting us know at the very beginning what we need to start doing right now that we have, I guess, more so the time, right? Because we're not. And, and also, if we, when you talk about like the insurance aging, that can get some income here. And another thing I said is don't assume that people don't have money, that 100% of the people don't have money to pay what they owe you because people do. People, some people save money enough for for you know years to go without working you know it's amazing how many people have money we just don't know it they don't tell us in in this time though like throughout this what we're experiencing this pandemic how do you ask people for money then like how do you ask them just for normally like if there's nothing's that, happening that, that's right but asking you shall receive I'm not the only person that's been shopping the last couple of days. Look, I, you know, I'm happy. Like a Pinterest, you know, the lady just texted me. I had them make a custom made uh, cover from a birdcage. I'm happy to help her during this time because I heard that Pinterest is suffering. So I'm, you know, people do have, you know, some people have planned for this and depending on where they are in their life, I will tell you, you, you can't assume people are broke. You know, if you, that's one thing I've said since the, I first got into management, is that I noticed I would hire some people that maybe were having a difficult time in their personal life, like um, you know, a front office person, maybe going through a divorce with three or four kids, and they couldn't, oh God, that's so much money. I, I hate to ask her for money, or I hate to tell her that her treatment plan's $1,500, because I know I could never pay that. So that is something that, look, every team member, you know, People go through tough times in their life. Look, I've lo lived long enough and worked around long enough to know that that is true. But you, you, I have been surprised at the people in my, my life that have come across patients and all that could pull out that cash. And you, you would think, wow, really? Maybe they drove an old car and they came in looking ratty mm -hmm. and they pull out that wallet and have $10,000 in cash. So that is something that that's why I think the leadership in every practice, you need to, to really not 
show your emotions to your team because that will set the tone. You have to be positive. We're going to get through this. We're going to help people and not everybody is suffering. Look, don't, don't judge me by saying that because I, I, if I take everybody in my life, I know some people are going to be struggling. Okay. I know that, but I also know a lot of people aren't. So it's not a hundred percent. All right. We want to help the people struggling. So you send your statements. If they're struggling, that's going to be handled differently, right? We're going to respect that because we know that this is hard times. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that, you know, we're just going to ignore that. And that's not what I'm saying. Every team member needs to be, what's my job? That's why I love giving people stats. It's like, my job is to collect 98% of the production. Well, I'm going to send the statements. I'm not going to you know, go, Ooh, I know, I know you probably hadn't been getting a full paycheck. So, um, um, but you have this, you know, I've seen that and it yeah. can't be like that. It's going to be the way you're going to do it is the total for today is 500. You keep your mouth shut right there and you wait for the person to speak. They say, Oh gosh, you know, I've been out of work for two months. Then you might have to make an arrangement for them. Right. But you're going to say the total for today is 500. Like you expect to get it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I like that. Sandy, what, what is your stance on charging for missed appointments, no shows, late cancellations? I think, it, I think that um, if you want to shrink your practice, you should definitely um, charge. You know, if you, if you, want somebody to never come back, charge them. You know, first off, they're not going to pay them. There's one thing I've noticed, and I've worked with over 600 dental practices on our consulting program. And the practices that don't charge are always my practices doing closer to that 2 million solo mark. Um, I believe that you can take control of it. I think that you know, one of my favorite questions to ask whenever I'm giving a lecture is how many people in here know the day before by looking at the schedule, who is not coming and all the hands are going up. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, why is that patient on the schedule? If you know they're not coming and you know the day before that was the question and they're saying, yeah, they know. So the real problem is the people working in the practice. That's the real problem. Oh, I'm not saying there's that you have bad people working in your practice. I'm saying they're just not in control of the schedule, which is another reason why I like having somebody appointed to be in charge of the schedule, either the scheduling king or queen. Somebody is crowned and every broken appointment they're accountable for. It's part of their statistics that they have to come to the next month's team meeting and report to everybody, we had 49 broken appointments last month. And that was up from 30 the month before. See, that's accountability. So everybody comes to the team meeting and they give their statistics. And so I know I'm going to try, I'm going to start looking. If I see Mr. Jones on there and he's a repeat offender and he's got 11 past broken appointments. Uh, okay. You think I'm going to confirm him with a text? I don't think so. Control is equal to income. Just remember that. Oh, I like who's that. In, who's in control? You or the team member? Write that down. I bet the more control you have in your life, the higher your production is going to be. That's just the way it is. So in any part, you want more production? Have better control. And you can quote me on that one, Michael. <laughs> you want more production? have better control. That's all it is. It's control. So, uh, you know, you should be looking, if I'm the scheduler, I'm looking at every person that goes on the schedule. I'm not just processing people, putting everybody down. Oh, you need an appointment? No, no. I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm looking at their past history. I'm looking at, I might look at their uh, past credit in the office if we had trouble collecting from them you know that way I know whether to get a deposit I'm you know I'm not just giving that precious time away that's mm -hmm. another reason why every person on here should have a production goal oh Sandy you're about the money oh no I, who wants to work for free time is your most valuable asset you need to know every provider needs a production goal 
You need to know it not by the year, not by the month, but by the day and by the hour and by the unit of time. And those people that are in charge of your schedule, you, they'll tell you, this is our production goal. This is what we need to make per hour. And when you instill that into them, now they realize how important that time is. When I worked in the practice, I did every position and just about every position. And we never, our doctor never even said anything. We knew we didn't go home till the schedule was 100% filled. He'd walk out, put his sports coat on, get his briefcase and walk out the back door. And we had to fill some time. We did. Because there's one word that's missing in most practices. It's one word. This one word that could, that could increase production, increase collections, make doctors happy, take better care of patients. Every, this one word, fill the schedule. That word is urgency. That word is missing in most practices. I think teams should get the dictionary, look it up, and everybody give examples of urgency. Urgency to get people in. Urgency to fill the schedule. If the schedule's open and there's time open, people should stand up and like, we have open time. Everybody's working on it. It's not okay. It's not normal. You got one day to fill today. Then you work on tomorrow and then the day after tomorrow. Don't even get me started on broken appointments. I Do you know that every week our clients send over these, um, it's a form, it's a broken appointment summary. And we look at that and, and, and what the reason that we use a form is because the team member has to write the patient's name and how many previous broken appointments and other things about the patient that start to tell a story and you start to see a trend with every patient. They had things in common that should have been recognized by the person making the appointment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And soon you go, oh my goodness, all these people are breaking appointments and they were repeat offenders and they had past two balances. And they weren't confirmed. Oh my goodness. It's like, that is one of the things that we do for training. And we, we, it makes a difference. I mean, we minimize those broken appointments tremendously. So in a nutshell, you have to have better control and it has to be appointed. Someone has to be in charge of that schedule and they know it. They know I'm managing it. My job is to get people on the schedule and to get them to the office. And they're not answering the phones and asking, answering questions about insurance. And they are focused in your size office, Ashley, in a smaller office with one person up front doing those things less than 18, 18 or less patients a day. Guess what? One person can still do all those things. Awesome. That's one of the biggest things that problems I see in practices. You could change that one thing by appointing a scheduler, giving them a goal, a daily goal, an hourly goal, and then they know every unit at a time that they leave open because they didn't schedule from the top down and the bottom up. All that is money. And they have that's part of their statistics. They have to actually come to the team meeting and say, this is how what the percentage of time filled every day. You know, so they don't want to come when the goal should be 94%. They don't want to go, go and say, oh, it was 85%. That means they're not doing their job. So they're going to work harder when you put statistics on them, which statistics are awesome. Every team member should have statistics. You guys do that? Yes. Good. So you got, got to be the right statistics, no? And they need to know them, too. Yeah. Michael, what? I just, I like the way you are, Sandy. You're like, you got it? Good. <laughs> Like you know, because it, it, there's so many opportunities. Dentists have so many opportunities. So right now they need to, yeah, oh, well, you know what? How do you get the right production goal? That's another thing that's like, people just make up random things. Oh, I want to do a million a year, but they're doing 600,000. That's not how you get to your goal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So the goal has to be real or it'll, it'll bum your team out. They'll be like, oh, whatever. So you want me to talk about that, how to get your goal? Uh, absolutely, especially with this wrench that we got dealt with. Okay. Well, we're going to forget it like the time period. Okay, now this isn't, but go back six months, like before this happened, and then go back six months. You could go back a year. And what you want to do for each provider in the practice is get a daily average. So what was the total production? And then, um, you know, how many days were worked? And now you're going to get an average. Now, 
once you have that average, this is what you've been doing, right? So it's easy, easy to jump up 15%. That's like to get a practice up 15% is like simple, just change a few things. So um, everybody can do 15% more. And then that is, becomes the daily average. So you find out what you were doing, bump it up 15% moving forward. Share goal with the team members the team you know a lot of people want the team to know how much we produce mm. well uh here's a news flash news flash they can add okay they can add they see your procedures and they can add so you know don't it should be it should be something you need a scoreboard in your office you know where your statistics you're keeping up with statistics it's talked about um they don't, you don't have to talk about your expenses or what your paycheck is or get into overhead, but they need to understand. And as the leader, you're letting them know that uh, there's this pie and there's pieces. And the, the biggest piece of the pie is the team salaries and benefits, by the way, in every office. But um, it's okay to let them know what the office produces. It's really okay. So, Sandy, we are out of time today, and it's very obvious that an hour with the one and only Sandy Perdue is not enough. So, depending on how long we are, we are sequestered in our home, Sandy, would you be willing to jump on with us again and, and like, course. have different topics? Because we're blowing up with questions that we can't even, it's like the tip of the iceberg. Um, Oh, I would love that. But you know, I do have to do one thing. I have to answer your question yeah. for the end of the day. You want to make sure everybody has those checklists and then you get those checklists. That's how you know everything was done. Whether you look at them or not, they sent them to you. Another thing is you want the financials. You want a copy of the deposit. You want the day sheet. They're everything closing out the day. You need that at the end of the day. You know, that's something that you have to get. Um, and whether you're looking at it or not, they think you're looking at it. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much, Sandy. Sure. Okay. All righty. So, Sandy, thank you so much. Really quick, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can hear you, and things like that. Okay. All right. You can come to Dental Gumbo on Facebook. I'm going to be doing some lives and things like that. Um, my website is classicpractice.com. I'll be having some seminars around the country later uh, this year, and uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Awesome. So, if you have any questions, you know, you can jump on Dental Gumbo and ask them. Yeah.